our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. The advice and opinions expressed by the hosts of Autism Live and her guests are meant solely as suggestion and should not be in any way construed as child-specific advice. The Center for Autism and Related Disorders advises working with a board-certified behavior analyst who has experience with autism before starting any intensive behavioral intervention. Any choices you make in determining your child's treatment are completely at your own discretion. Good morning, Shannon. Welcome to Let's Talk Autism with Shannon and Nancy. Good morning. I'm Shannon. And I'm Nancy. <laughs> and it's so good to be here with you. We were chatting so much right before the show. Traven pretty much had to like tell us, we got to start this thing. Right. Uh, we're excited to be here with you today. Today, uh, I'm especially excited for a lot of different reasons. We've got a great guest. We've got some really interesting news that I think is really fun. But it's also the last show before Mother's Day. Right. And so we want to make sure that we wish all of you a really wonderful Mother's Day. But it's also the last Let's Talk Autism before a certain person has a birthday. And so oh. we want to we want to start by saying happy birthday to Miss Nancy Allspot Jackson. Thank you, we, Shannon. Who we love and adore. <clears throat> and I'm so grateful that you've taken another trip around the sun. Uh, and, and done it with us, especially with all the Michigas that's been going on. I, I'm so grateful for you in my life. You were one of the people that I discovered in my life both boat um, after uh, my son was diagnosed with autism. And I'm forever grateful to have you in my lifeboat. You are a part of my tribe. You, uh, you have been so much to so many people, Nancy. Oh, uh, thank you, Shannon. That means so much to me. I also feel the same way about you. You are, oh, uh, look at that banner. How nice. Um, you are a person that is in my tribe and one of the unexpected joys of being in the world of autism. Amen to that, sister. I, I remember the first time I ever, like I had seen Nancy do interviews and I was in Tim a day, Ted. Because uh, she can be intimidating when she, you know, when she's a, a mom on the warpath, man, she's some serious business and so intelligent and she just knew things. And I was like, how does she know those things? I was just so intimidated. I remember seeing you on the news and just going, whoa, man, that woman is serious. Um, and it inspired me. And then the first time I ever met you in person uh, we were invited to a thing where Dr. Grampuche was going to unveil skills for the first time. That's going back a ways, right? Right. And I was sitting almost directly across the conference room table from you and Gabriella Tessier, uh -huh. who is, you know, one of the most beautiful women on the face of the planet. She really is. And so between the two of you, I was shaking in my shoes. I was like, oh. okay. What am I doing here? No, seriously. I mean, that's you what I was. You need to be your. That is. Just well, I think, crazy. but I think everybody feels that way, right? I, I think that you know, but I, but that's how I felt. I was so intimidated by the two of you because the two of you know how to dress, uh -huh. uh, right? And 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 I was there in something that I had safety pinned together, <laughs> and you. I'm not kidding. And you guys, you know, were there in your 
your outfits that you're, you know, I always say if, you know, if the purse and the shoes are matchy matchy, that's one thing. But if they're not matchy matchy, but the whole thing works, that's another thing. Okay. And you guys were with the not matchy matchy purse and, and shoes, but that the whole thing worked. Uh, like it's one of those things you'd see somebody take a picture and put it on Instagram and go how to wear it. Right. Um, so the two, and the two of you had your heads together talking about things and coming up with ideas. And I was just intimidated. So the next time I met you, I had to interview you uh-huh. and, in a golf uh, uh, club for at, at a live golf tournament. And I'm telling you, like you and I sat down and talked and, and it was girlfriend love instantaneously on my side anyway. And I was Mine like, too, Shannon. I, I was like, I want to know her forever. I want to, you know, I want to be in her tribe. I want to. So anyway, we salute you. We, we, we all are saying happy birthday to Nancy today. Uh, your birthday isn't until what next Wednesday, it's next Wednesday, the 12th. And I'm going to be going into the Double sixes, six six. Ooh, my goodness! Well, no one would know that. It. When did this happen? I don't know. I don't know. No one would believe it. Um, but you look stunning. You are stunning, Thank and you, I'm so honey. grateful to to you know be a part of your life and have you a part of our lives. So happy birthday, early. Thank you uh, so much. That means the world to me. Thank you. Okay. So then on to our news, because we have a really great guest for you coming up in a little while. We have Dr. I, I'm going to say the name and let's hope I don't slaughter. Dr. Aida Nazari um, is going to be with us talking about a really special robot that's designed to do a lot of things with individuals on the autism spectrum. And those of you who watch the show know I'm a little bit like in love with robots. I don't know why. I don't know what that is about me, but I get very excited about them. So I'm excited to meet this little Q robot guy. And are we actually it. going to have the robot on? I would guess so, but I don't know that for sure. Okay. But, um, but we'll see. I hope so. I will be mortally disappointed if we don't get to talk to the robot. I'm just saying. Okay. Uh, so, uh, in any case, we're saying good morning to Parker, Dakota, Suzio, who's watching from Zambia. And hopefully we're going to get to your question in just a few minutes, Suzio. Uh, Deborah, we're so happy you're here. Huma and Tite, we're so excited that you guys are all here with us this morning. We've got some news to start out with, most of which, it, in fact, really, all of it is good news today. How yes, did that happen? Yes. That, uh, uh, that never happens. So, news. so let's start with uh, those, those of you who watched the Academy Awards. Um, you know, there was a big, big to do this year because Anthony Hopkins won the best actor and a lot of people felt that it really should have gone to a wonderful actor that, uh, Chadwick Boseman, who lost his battle with colon cancer, who did a brilliant performance in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Uh, I mean, it was a really good performance, but Anthony Hopkins won it for the film, The Father. And I also saw that performance and it was also stunning. Uh, Anthony Hopkins had already won an Academy Award. um, So a lot of people felt like, you know, it really could have, should have gone to Chadwick Boseman. Uh I thought it was particularly fabulous how Anthony Hopkins, who was too, uh, you know, at his age, it was too much of a risk to travel to the Oscars. He wasn't there. So the next day he gave his acceptance speech online and said, I thought something really beautiful. He gave a tribute to Chadwick Boseman and, but was gracious about winning the award, which I thought was hitting the right mark. Well, I went to look up news this week and people were saying, isn't it wonderful that the first openly um, autistic actor has won an Academy Award? And I was like, what you talking about, Willis? Uh, what, what's, what's that about? Yeah. When did we miss that? Yeah. Apparently in 2017, Anthony Hopkins, um, disclosed publicly that he had gone and after many years and suggestions from friends and family had gone and gotten an actual diagnosis that he was diagnosed as being on the Asperger ends of things, right? But that he qualifies for an autism spectrum diagnosis. You could have knocked me over with a feather. I I missed that as well. I never heard this news. So I was really happy that you shared this with me. And also you shared, or this article that you found had links to Sir Anthony's 
Instagram posts. And apparently he's an accomplished painter or artist in addition to being an amazing actor and really such a remarkable man. Um, the article talked about how his ability to memorize scripts um, uh, blew away Steven Spielberg, who did Armistad with him. And apparently he could memorize monologues that were seven pages full of scripts in one take. And uh, Spielberg called him Sir Anthony always after that, out of respect to him, because he's such a remarkable actor. And I've seen him in many things. I have not seen The Father yet, but I plan to watch that. Well, let me tell you, uh, it's devastating. Um, I thought that it deserved best direction director, but you know, I don't, I don't begrudge uh, the woman for Nomadland won it, and I, I thought that was also reasonable. I watched almost all the films this year um, because I wanted to, you know, it's the first time that we really could watch most of them from home, right. including the documentaries, and I wanted to have an informed opinion. It meant almost nothing. I disagreed because I think most of the people voting did not watch all of the films. I'll be honest with you. Everybody has an opinion and opinions are welcome. But I think if people watch the films, there were some that were just standouts. And The Father is one that should not be missed. And I will tell you that Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, I think the two performances in it were fabulous. Um, you know, Chadwick Boseman's performance is not to be missed. And why am I going to forget her name? Someone help me. Uh, the woman who was nominated for Ma Rainey. That is a stunning, stunning performance that uh -huh. should not be missed. And the makeup people won for that and should have. Okay. That was like, it was like another character in the film. But I would tell you that it, it didn't, I, I'm a huge fan of August Wilson, who wrote the play that Ma Rainey's Black Bottom is based on. I don't think that the adaptation to the screen was really effective. The movie kind of faltered in some places and then it kicked in and it was great. The Father also um, is based on a play and it is a brilliant adaptation. It actually won screenplay for the adaptation from the, the play. And But the direction of The Father, I'm telling you, if your breath doesn't get taken Viola away. Davis, Shannon, our viewer just wrote in Viola Davis. Thank you. Gosh, I like sometimes I have some timers. Viola Davis She's is amazing. so... She Everything Viola oh. does is just so spot on. I mean, I loved her ever since she did the help. And the and the transformation for her to play Ma Rainey is just, I mean, it's a thing that acting students will study. Um, but I will tell you that um I I I, I watched all of the movies uh, except I hadn't seen um the United States versus Ma, um, versus Billie Holiday. That right. was the only one that I hadn't seen. And then I watched it a week before. And I was saying that the woman from Pieces of a Woman, uh, again, I'm going to forget her name, but uh, she was on The Crown originally, the original Crown. She was, I just thought her performance was amazing. Believe me, um, oh, look at me. I have some timers. The woman from Nomadland, who is a brilliant actress and wins all the time. Um, you know, she, yeah. She's wonderful, but and and Viola Davis was wonderful. But then I, but I really thought that the woman from uh, Pieces of a Woman should win, Veronica something. And then I saw the United States versus Billie Holiday, and that girl was robbed. She should have won that Oscar. It, it like, I there's no talking about it. If you see that movie, you will go, oh, there's just some performances that you go, no, you have to give them the Oscar for that. She was robbed. I was I was more upset about that. Than anything else. Well, that and I, I loved the Octopus is my teacher movie. I absolutely did. But if you saw all of the films, it was not the clear winner. Right. I think it was the popular winner. I think so many yes. people saw that film that they yes. voted for it. The people in the Academy. And it was beautiful. It was beautiful and it was touching. But if you watched, uh, I'm just going to tell people go watch the other documentaries. Um, make sure that you watch the Mole Agent. If you don't, and especially this Mother's Day, you need to be watching The Mole Agent and everybody needs to call their mother. Uh, if, if There's a whole thing in The Mole Agent about if your mother is still alive and that is a gift, I'm going to cry. But you, wow. should, you should watch that movie. It will make you look at the elderly in an entirely different way. 
Oh, What's the my which goodness. Movie, Shannon, which movie are you showing? The Mole Agent. The Mole Agent. The Mole Agent, and it is all in Spanish, so you have to watch it with subtitles. It is like, I know for some people that's a hardship because it's a lot of reading. It is so worth it. Um, it is, that movie is going to live with me and in me for the rest of my life. Oh, um, what it, a glowing recommendation. I'm going to have to catch that. Oh my gosh, you guys, you got to watch it. It's you absolutely- know what network it's on? You know, I think that you can watch it right now on Hulu, but you have to click a thing. You will get it in Spanish language. You have to click a thing in order to get the subtitles. Okay. Yes. But it is worth it. Um, and of course, Crip Camp, um, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant documentary. But I, I think I would have, I would have had a hard time, but I would have given it to the mole agent because you know how a film lives in your heart. It's just like, you know, for the short animated films, um, If Anything Happens, I Love You, that is a movie that everyone needs to watch. And it was the clear winner and they marketed it so that people saw it more than the other films, but it was the clear winner. So anyway, uh, we didn't- Somebody wanted to, go- to know the topic today. We have a, a robot on that works with those on the spectrum. So that's the topic. I know we're going on and on about the Academy Awards. You think that was the topic, but we were talking about Sir Anthony Hopkins being openly on the spectrum and announcing that. And if you have a chance, go to some of his Instagram posts. They he's doing the Tuesday slide in one of them, which is just thrilled. Love that. (laughs) Okay, so the another in the news story that you shared, Nancy, talk to us about this story that you shared. Yes, Amy Schumer. I'm let me go on to it here. Um, Amy Schumer, this is on, um, she reflected on, this is on the Today Show's website. Amy Schumer reflects on husband's autism diagnosis as she honors her son's birthday. They honored the second birthday of their son, Gene, and she honored her husband, Chris Fisher, and talked about how um his autism diagnosis has opened up so many uh, for others out there. And I guess they've just been deluged with um, feedback ever since he came out as being autistic. People that have been writing her and been writing to Chris Fisher saying how um, in- incredibly indebted they are for him being open about this. So yet another celebrity like Sir Anthony Hopkins coming out, which it gives so many people strength and hope, I think. Right, Shannon? I agree. And and there are two things that I, well, there's so many things I respect and applaud about this, but I love, I love when Amy Schumer came forward this with this the first time when her documentary came out about her pregnancy and because he was diagnosed during her pregnancy. And, and I love how she responded to it, that she said, all of the things that I love about him are the things that qualify him for a diagnosis. And what that did for the autism community, the healing that someone of her, you know, popularity would say, you know, I I found out that my son, that my husband, excuse me, uh, you know, is on the autism spectrum. And those are the qualities that I love about him. And people started asking her, are you afraid that your child will be on the spectrum? And she said, why? Why would I be afraid of that when I love those aspects about my husband? I thought that was really healing for the autism community. And now her child is two. And she said something in her post that um, I thought, it just took my breath away. She said, um, now that our child is two, we are well aware of the fact that statistically it's more likely that he will be on the spectrum. And, you know, that's not really um, necessarily statistically true. It's true that he, it's more likely that he will be on the spectrum than other people, but it's not as if it's a, you know, 60% chance that he will be on the spectrum. But what that suggested to me is that she's mentally prepared for that. Right. And that she's not afraid of it. No, she welcomes it, as she said. And and I think that that's a really refreshing um, way for people to look at it, of course, the, the mama side of me wants to take her in my arms and say, then let's not wait at two. You can get a diagnosis and it's a good time to get a diagnosis. 
because the earlier that we, you know, get a diagnosis, if the, if in fact he is on the spectrum, then statistically the, the more things that he will be able to do in his life and the, the fewer disabling aspects of autism right. will hinder him. And yeah, that's the bottom line. Big proponents for early diagnosis, Shannon, your son, Jem, was diagnosed at two and received ABA therapy at two, which at really- three. He was diagnosed at two and a half. Two, right. He was diagnosed at two and a half and started ABA therapy at three. And, you and know- My son, Wyatt, was not formally diagnosed till he was four and started ABA therapy when he was just under five. And I've always- you know, you do the shoulda, woulda, coulda, but there's part of me that always wishes he was diagnosed earlier and started the ABA earlier. Thank God we got it when we did. Yeah, but I, I, I love Amy Schumer for this. I just, the protective mama side of me, you know, just like you would with your, your best girlfriend, if, if right. they're thinking my child might be on the spectrum, you want to go come with me. Let me introduce you to all the people that you need to be introduced to. So we're putting it out there, Amy. Um, if you need, if you need a couple of mamas in your corner, uh, we're here for you. So right, Nancy, right. We're here for you. And we're here to give any advice we can give based on our own journeys through the yeah. world of autism, but better than that, we can introduce you to people, um, right. that will, you know, cause isn't that what you needed? You needed to be introduced to the people. Absolutely. I mean, I went to, a. um, conference and heard Dr. Doreen Grandpache speak when my son was just about four. Um, he was on the cusp of turning four. It was October before his November birthday. And I said, I want, I, I had never heard about ABA. I mean, in the time that my son was diagnosed, initially misdiagnosed with um, uh, pervasive developmental disorder instead of a full-on autism diagnosis, but nobody mentioned ABA at, at his special preschool, and so I heard her speak and decided I wanted that. It took about another year to get it because of various other reasons. So, um, and I'm laughing inappropriately, just so everybody knows, because you're being so polite that there is a very famous thing that you said that we aren't going to share here on the air, but there's a very famous thing that Nancy said, which like, you know, uh, uh, we'll let her share that in her book, yeah. but, um, but it was nowhere near as polite as she's making it sound. Uh, but you know, but it was like the be all end all thing that an autism mom could say. Uh, <laughs> I remember that very well. So do I. Uh, it's one of the best stories. If you meet, meet Nancy in person, not on the air, you have to ask her to tell the story because it's a good story. Uh, okay, so uh, Amy, if you're watching, we're here for you. We celebrate exactly what you celebrate. We are some people who love some people on the autism spectrum and love them exactly the way they are. But, you know, you talk about in your post about wanting to you know, put it out in the light so people can get the help and support that they need. Let's do that for your son if he needs it. Uh, okay, so our last story, which is, I think, going to be Traven's favorite story. Uh, you know, last why is that, And why is it fam Traven's favorite? Because Traven is the person that I go to ask uh, questions about cryptocurrency. I know uh, nothing <laughs> about cryptocurrency except that Bitcoin is a cryptocurrency. So, I would love to be educated on this if you know more about it. Well, Traven is your guy. Okay. Traven, Traven has the 411 on the crypto. Uh, I don't, I don't want to like have people inundating him with questions, but Traven is my person that I go to for crypto uh, <laughs> currency news. So, uh, and there's a lot of cryptocurrency. I had no idea what was going on in crypto, but um, it's apparently it's happening. Right. So, um, and it's happening in, with lots of different types of cryptocurrency. It is the craziest of crazy in my world, but here's how it affects autism. Last week, um, we were talking about the color, the spectrum live stream that was being done yes. last Friday. Right. Um, Which the, the whole color, the spectrum fundraiser was, uh, engulfed in a lot of controversy. You and I covered that on the show. Yes. Uh, and gave our seal of approval to the fundraiser and talked about what a great thing it was. Absolutely. And I stand by that. Absolutely. And uh, it, it was a benefit for Next for Autism, which gives grants to a bunch of dis different autism organizations for very specific things. In particular, this year, 
It was supposed to be for programs for adults, for employment, and for services and access to health and like nothing that anyone I think could possibly be against, but you know, uh, I don't know everything. So, um, but anyway, it also was groundbreaking because for the, they had over $3 million in donations, which was great. But for the first time they allowed people to donate in cryptocurrency. And so yes, and they, um, they raised Shannon four hundred and forty thousand in cryptocurrency, which I was really blown away by that number. I had no idea cryptocurrency was that popular. So it's a thing, y'all. And uh, it was from about a hundred different donors were able uh, to donate. And they had a way that you could do it online, which you know, nobody's really done that before. Um, so I, I was like, look at, look at autism, uh, you know, being the first to, to you know, in a, in a long line of, of organizations that will be doing this, that will allow cryptocurrency, um, for donations. So I thought that was pretty cool. And, you know, and everybody's going to jump on that band, bandwagon now, because when you find out, oh, we can get, we can raise $440,000 by allowing that, um, people are going to be doing that. Right. So, and we're- we're all for the cause of um, what color, color the spectrum. What was it called, Shannon, again? Color the spectrum color the and spectrum. next for autism. And next for autism, raising money for programs for adults with for employment, which is so necessary. I'm on the board of Autism Works Now, which our friend Joanne Laura, who many of you know from this show and have heard us speak about and was so dear to Shannon and myself. Um, Autism Works Now, which is about employment for young people on the spectrum once they're adults. This is really sort of the new frontier that we need to tackle, um, you know, along with everything else. But it's such an important, important subject is employment for those on the spectrum. So we are completely behind the efforts of Color the Spectrum and so great to hear how much money they raised. Really impressive. Amen to that. Uh, S Shark wants to know the mole agent. Is it the, with the guy with the spyglass? Yes, it shows the little little elderly man with a spyglass, um, which is very misleading uh, and makes you think it's a comedy. And there, listen, you will laugh, you will cry. Um, I guarantee you. My husband and I were a mess. Uh, we just were like, you will fall in love with that little man. You will want to take him into your arms and hug him forever. It is, it's a beautiful, beautiful movie. I encourage you, you will, you'll laugh, you'll cry. Uh, uh, so look at that. I didn't intend to be, uh, pushing the mole agent, but, <laughs> but well, it was I, so good. I've and appreciated you, your commentary on Facebook. You've been going on and rating the films and giving your uh, opinion on them. And I really appreciate it, Shannon, because I like having somebody guide me to what to watch. Yeah, well, I, my opinion is my opinion, but, um, you know, uh, but there are things that I like and there are things that are confusing to me. There were, there were a lot of good films this year. Um, and, and I thought that particularly the category of documentary, and I'm somebody who loves documentaries, I thought it was particularly strong. Oh, by the um, way, Shannon, congratulations to your son, Jim, for okay. being, is he a finalist in the award? Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so um, I don't know if every state does this, but here in the California, in California, there's something called National History Day, and I assume that every state does it, but, you know, because it's called national. But um, so students are allowed in junior high and high school, there's different categories they can compete in these different categories, like you can write a paper, you can do a performance, you can make a documentary, you can do all kinds of things. So um, you can do it as a group or as an individual. And at my son's school, they encourage group documentaries. Last year, his he made a group documentary and it won an award at his school, but it didn't make it to the regional. It didn't win an award in the regionals. This year with his group of friends, they made a film. They'd learned a little bit more, you know, so they made a film and it won an award at the school level. Then it went to the regionals and won an award there. And then it goes on to the state competition. 
And now at the state competition, it's gone through the first round and it is now a finalist for uh, an award at the state level. And the awards is this Saturday. And we just found out yesterday that it's a finalist. And so they take all of the finalists from the state and they put them so that everyone can watch the films. So if you look on my Facebook right now, there's a link that you can go and watch his yeah, film. I did that point last night that I intend on watching it this weekend. It's The subject matter is the Vietnam War, is it not? It's The title is uh, Vietnam, the First Televised War. Mm-hmm. Um, because the challenge each year, they have a topic that they have to address. And the the topic this year was how do, how has media influenced the the news so um so they had vietnam the first televised war i I had nothing to do with it except for i i did put out a thing on facebook looking for people that they you know vets vietnam vets that they could actually interview they didn't end up taking any of my people they found one on their own Uh, but that's the only thing that i had i didn't get to see it until the other day so, you know, for high school students, I think it's, I was impressed. Um, so, but there, you can look at the other ones as well. And to look at the topics that these kids are doing in high school, uh, it gives me hope for the future. When really fantastic. Our- and once again, congratulations to Jim for Thank for you. That. That's really impressive, Shannon. You, and it's, it is. Facebook page and find a link to if anybody wants to watch that. It was something that for four years he was wanting to be a junior and a senior so he could compete. Um, so it's very exciting that, you know, that he's doing so well. But our guest is waiting. We need, and you know, okay. I love, and I see a robot. So we are going to see a robot. Uh, unless it's a bad intro. Yeah, yeah. You go ahead and introduce our guest. Okay, Um, now we are joined by Dr. Aida Nazari. She's a medical doctor and the co-founder and chief operating officer at Lux AI, I hope I'm pronouncing that, or or Lux AI, who is an innovative, that is an innovative company specializing in developing disruptive technologies for health and education of children with autism and special needs. So we're very excited to have Dr. Nazari with us. Thank you, Dr. Nazari. Welcome to the show. And we're gonna, there she is. Hello. Hello, Shannon and Nancy. It's really great to be here and then be able to talk to you. And thank you very much for having me. Thank you. I, we can add that you've got QT Robot with you, which we're so thrilled about. Yes, yes, it's cutie and it's here and it's ready to give you a little bit of information about what is built and then how he helps children, basically. Is he blinking? Yes. <laughs> I love it. That with the face, it can show a lot of different facial expressions. So, for example, facial expressions that are related to emotions or, for example, facial expressions that are related to, let's say, for example, teaching imitation of different, uh, basically, facial movements, as well as some autonomy, such as washing face, brushing teeth, and these kind of things. And then it's really nice because when it laughs, always you see children, like, imitating and laughing back to the robot, which is really amazing. So I understand you call him a social robot. What does that mean, and, and what's the goal with a social robot with autism? So basically, when we are talking about social robots, the general category refers to the type of the robot that their job is to facilitate either social interaction or through social interaction, bring some kind of like values to the people. So they're talking about social robots. They can be used, for example, with children with special needs and autism, like what we are doing. Or they can be, for example, um, used, for example, for facilitation of like different type of therapies uh, for uh, older seniors or, for example, like encourage um, basically healthy living for seniors who are living alone. So this is the general category. But in case of QT, QT is basically developed with the idea of like helping children with autism. So everything about the design, the way that it interacts, the way even it looks has been developed by looking at what we need for children with autism and try to incorporate it 
in the robot to be able to get some kind of meaningful interactions when we are working with kids. And you have so, been developing, um, you have been working with children on the spectrum and you've done a number of studies about that and tell us what you found with the results with Tutti Robot. Yeah, so uh, for um, our company is really research oriented and we want to make sure that we are moving in a direction that is meaningful. So from the beginning, about like, for example, seven years ago, when we started this project and talked about like having a for children with autism, we started basically by research. First to identify what are the states of the art and what are the research projects say about like the best way of interacting with children with autism. And then as soon as we had like the first working prototype, we just put it in work to understand that what are the areas that facilitate and basically to understand if whether the robot can bring us any added value comparing to the other type of technologies or to the other type of existing ways of, for example, providing therapy and especially in education. So one of the first studies that has been done with was focused on basically the interaction and understanding if by using a robot, we can, for example, like facilitate engagement and improve attention of children. And when children are sitting in front of the robot, how they behave, that is a little bit different from the way that they behave normally in the, for example, interaction with uh, other people, such as, for example, their parents, their caregivers and therapists. And what we have seen is that the immediate result is that there is a lot of like engagement and attention and eye gaze and looking to the robot and paying attention to what he is doing and something which is very interesting is that we see a lot of times children look much calmer in a sense that when they are working with their therapists or parents or teachers see a lot of like for example like behaviors such as esteeming and uh, hand flapping that can take us a little bit to of thinking that, for example, the child is not in the most comfortable, uh, basically, way of feeling. But with the robot, we see that they, there is like a significant reduction in this. And we have seen that when children are working with beauty, they have the capacity to work for a longer duration of the time. So let's say, on average, the child is working, let's say, trials that are going somewhere between, for example, five minutes to 10 minutes when they're working with their teachers and therapists. With QT, they tend to stay longer and have like a more uh, possibility of work and a longer duration of sessions that you know, longer term, it really helps the children to progress faster because more they practice, more they can learn and they, they can advance. That was the initial idea to think that if a robot as a platform can bring us some value in terms of interaction with children, but we also wanted to make sure that not novelty effects, and this is not something that is nice to have, but not necessarily bring us some meaningful outcome from the interaction of the robot. So the other studies were longer duration, and we wanted to make sure that when the time passes, children are not losing their interest, children are not basically not finding the robot as engaging, interesting as the first time, and it was focused on understanding that if through the interaction with the robot, we can really build the skills that are generalized, that can be used in the daily life of children, and there is some kind of impact out of it. So, what, um, one of, for example, one of the studies done by QT Robot was focused on teaching emotional abilities. In a sense that we were working, for example, from like basics of emotions, such as emotion recognition and emotion understanding from like the nonverbal uh, cues such as the facial expressions, the body gestures, the tonality of the voice, and then gradually build, building an emotional understanding that what does it mean to feel happy, what does it mean to feel sad, how our body would react when we are angry or we are frustrated, and then teaching children about like what are the ways that we can either cope with our own emotions and try to basically calm down and not to make choices that are, for example, like having negative impact for us and how to respond to other people's emotions. That for example, when we see our friend that is hurt or having a problem, or for example, they are sad, how we can, for example, support them and show empathy to them and try to help them. So the study was like uh, seven sessions. Each session 
taking like about like an hour. And then we had like pre-test, post-test in terms of seeing how far children can basically develop emotional skills. And we have seen that with just these few sessions and seven hours, children had like um, very significant outcomes. So for example, their mental health was improved in a sense that, for example, they had less internalizing problems. They had like, for example, less anxiety and depressive mood that is caused by, for example, emotional difficulties. And they had a higher emotional appropriateness. So basically more comfortable in knowing how to react and then, for example, like how to cope with emotions. And it was really interesting because the parents who were taking part in these studies, they were reporting like a lot of amazing things that are happening out of the context of working with QT. So for example, they were telling us that they're going, uh, for example, like out of the session, the child opens up and explains that, for example, mom, I didn't know that, for example, sometimes my emotions are too, too intense. And now I know that, for example, like when my emotions are too much, I can do things. Or sometimes the children coming and saying, oh, today I'm feeling very green. So I'm very calm, I'm very happy. Or one of them was telling us that, for example, the child has a lot of problems with making friendships. And now he is getting invited to the birthday parties and like making a lot of friends, basically because he is now more comfortable in basically emotionally supporting other kids and showing empathy and trying to, you know, support them when something is going wrong, for example, with a, with a friend, which had a very positive impact on the confidence of the child as well, because he was thinking that, okay, now I can make friends. Now I'm comfortable to, for example, like attend different social situations with my friends. That's just great, great outcomes. Can we see, uh, can we meet QT and get an example of how the robot works? Yes, so um, when it comes to QT, basically the idea is that like every single activity that we are doing is a game. So either QT needs help from the child or for example, there is a friend of QT that needs help or for example, like, QT just invites children to visit, for example, like a forest or a farm, or for example, go to the dentist, or for example, like go to a shopping mall and try to pay attention to the students. And then these sessions are really based on the developmental milestone. So if I want to show you some examples, I have like a variety of activities in a sense that for example, when children are young, we are focusing on, for example, a lot of receptive language, a lot of expressive language, some early cognitive skills, as well as social skills. So maybe I can gradually show you some examples so you can see how the interaction goes. And then, for example, like how sessions are advancing, because we have like very, very basic sessions that are meant for children who are, for example, like the developmentally, they are below one years until the sessions that are very, very advanced in terms of like how to start a conversation, how to maintain a conversation, how to show empathy and so on. We have a request. They would, like to, they would like to know if they can see the one go to the dentist. I don't know if you have that ready, but that's the request about working with going to the dentist. Yeah, let me let me see to see if I can find like some of the Maybe I can we'll just, just show do the you one like that you one plan. I can just do the one you okay, planned. So I just wanted you to know that they were requesting. I can show you afterward one of the community helper curriculums because they are in different curriculums and each of them are like on a very specific skill area. So let's say, for example, in the earliest stage development curriculum that we have, the focus of the curriculum are on the milestones that are supposed to meet in the, let's say, pre-kindergarten, which is like, for example, up to age of like 48 months or below the age of like five years. So let's say, for example, like we are working on a receptive language, and then we have, um, let me just see what I can show. So let's say, for example, we are working on um, finding different, for example, like features of the objects, or for example, like answering the questions based on the um, different, um, let's say, for example, like, I can just prompt this one. All right. 
don't talk about few and many. Ready? Let's go! Look, there are many toys. Look, we can see many toys. Show me many. So then this is, for example, like a vocabulary building session that focuses on, for example, discrimination of few and many. How it works is that, for example, cutie robot only focuses on many first. Then when the child practices it a lot and then be able to fluently answer, then it goes to the few. And then after practicing few, then we will have like a mix of few and many to discriminate from them. And then, for example, we have a lot of different type of like visuals that Appearing. So here we are working on many. So then we choose the one that is with many. <laughs> so it reinforces them. Many toys. Let's see if we can many from few. Show me many pigs. For example, like when we are working with the child, I, I want to tell you through the process of the development because like, for example, like we don't know if the child is, for example, able to discriminate and answer correctly or not. So when the child is not able to answer correctly, instead of, for example, reinforcement that we see as like, for example, like a smile and like showing a happy gesture and saying something very motivating. Show me many pigs. Then QT robot would be able to repeat the question and then this time repeats the question with a visual prompt. So then we have like the visualization of the many, such as for example, like pigs, cards and like visual words. And then we have like, for example, like a visual uh, green um, highlights on the correct answer. So in this way, the child would be able to identify, for example, which is the correct answer. Right. There are many pigs. Match the same. So then whenever there is a mistake, we actually want to give the child a little bit of positive reinforcement so they don't feel sad that they have done a mistake. So then we will continue with something that is very, very easy for them, such as, for example, like a C matching, so they get a positive reinforcement. And then we will go back to the original question. So we will allow the child to be able to practice it once again. And then nice hopefully this time they would be able to find the correct answer in that. Very cute. <laughs> so he's very cute. He's he's appropriately named QT. He's a cutie, and I like when he smiles. Point two. Many cows. Yes. So this is an example, like a very simple game, which is meant for children that they are working on the, for example, like vocabulary. So we start from very simple vocabulary and then gradually building toward, for example, like different objective and descriptives and special concepts. And then we practice the same type of uh, basically vocabulary. This one was, for example, like a receptive. The other one works on the same materials, but in an expressive format. Or for example, we have some cognitive or social skills that are using the same material. So our goal here is to allow the child to practice not only in one situation and with one type of example, like directions and visuals, but to practice it in different scenarios. So hopefully it will help them to be able to generalize their skills. So this is the same thing, for example, for emotions. So let's say, we use a lot of different pictures of the emotions and then every time we are changing the style of the game so the child will be able to for example sometimes help people sometimes for example like help cutie or sometimes just for example like it's in the basically situations that the cutie is telling so they have to guess what is their emotional outcome so all in all everything is game but the games that are really focused each on a very, very specific and niche area that allows practicing a very, basically, a specific area of um, competences. So, Dr. Nazari, I know that you have been working with these robots in very specific environments like schools and centers. 
um, and that you're getting ready now, uh, that you've now launched it uh, so that people can get access, not through an institution. Somebody's written in and said, how can a person like me in a third world uh, country access such wonderful technology, knowing that they're probably expensive and, and but might be of help to their son? So talk to us a little bit about where you've been doing it, how that has happened, uh, where QT can be found in the world, and now if we as private citizens can get it, how that would work. So basically for us, it was really important to make it accessible for parents because I really believe that we really need to have a structure that the parents can contribute because more practice that we have and more frequent and consistent practice that we have is basically impacting the outcome completely like um, differently. So since the beginning, we were hoping to make it available for parents, but we wanted to make sure that, that we are confident that the robot is working, that content is validated, different professionals with different children. And also there is enough content that the parents would be able to go through years and have like, for example, like the robot bees being something useful that can work for several years for their children as the child is growing. Since one year ago, we actually had the initial beta testing with the first children. And then uh, what happened was that we had like the pandemic happening. So when we had like, for example, robots with the beta testers for, for example, like a few weeks, the pandemic happened. And then the result was that basically QT was the only thing that the parents had in hand. So we had the opportunity observe QT for the past year and then see how children basically can develop a skills while they're at home just by having very short sessions of the robot, but very frequently and very consistently. So based on the child, like half an 15 minutes, 10 minutes to, for example, one hour each night. And we have seen that it really brings a lot of value. So for us, it's very important to make it something that is not a burden on the family, but is bringing because we know that having a child with autism and a special need already puts a lot of pressure on the family. So what we have done in the past year was trying to really minimize the cost of the robot and make it in a way that is accessible for parents, not more than a cost of, for example, like imagine QT as a laptop. So it's quite equal to the price of a laptop. And then what we have done is that specifically for the parents, we have introduced a monthly payment. So instead of like, for example, having the parents pay a considerable amount of money at the beginning, we have broken the cost into monthly fees. So this monthly fees, which is really about like, for example, let's say it's comparable to having like, for example, one hour of like activities, privately paid activities for the child each month, they can have the robot, they can have like the basically access to all the curriculums and materials, and they can also have access to the reporting and monitoring and suggestions that what would be the developmentally appropriate activities for the child. And also on top of this, in this monthly fee, there is one hour of um, basically support included that for example in our team we have like board certified aba therapists and we have like for example a special need educators and cognitive um basically specialists in the area of like a child care and then we have like a monthly meetings with the parents because we want to make sure that they are working on the skills that are as i said age appropriate the child has like for example like the pre-requirements so they are able to basically work with the robot and also to support them to make sure that, for example, like they are able to generalize their skills because it's not just working with the robot, but let's say if you are working on a vocabulary, if you are working on a listener skill or a social skill, it's very important that the parents are confident and knowing what type of activities they can do parallel to QT that increases the chance of the child generalizing this skill. So, at the end of the day, to just summarize everything, just consider QT, the platform, as a price of a laptop, and then the price of the support and the software and the progress monitoring, something equal to having, for example, like one to one and a half hour of uh, extra support for the child. So I, I really believe that 
this is something that is not really pressuring a lot of parents to have access to a technology that can be helpful for the home setup. So where would they go to find out more information and to look at the, what it would cost them where they are? So basically, what, um, just go to the website, which is www.luxai.com. And then in the website, we have like a page a specific for the parents. So all like the parent support as well as like for example what type of educational curricula are already built in the robot as well as what educational curricula are under preparation and it's going to be released in the basically hopefully monthly um, schedules they are all there and they would be able to also see for example like what kind of languages q2 robot supports in terms of like the educational curricula as well as the support materials for the parents Okay. We have a question from the pa uh, parent. What is the age range that you're dealing with with the robot? Are there just different programs depending on what skills they need to accomplish? So when we are talking about children with autism and developmental um, delays, it's all about like, for example, like what is the developmental age of the child and what is appropriate for them. So the curriculum of QT robot works across like different developmental ages. So as I mentioned, we have an early stage development curriculum, which is targeted toward the area which is like below 48 months, 48 months of development. So for example, we have um, young teenagers that are now 15, 16, and they are still like working in that type of because that's what is age appropriate and developmentally appropriate for them. Then after this curriculum, we have a lot of like other curricula mainly focused on either advancing the vocabulary of the kids. For example, like what I mentioned about like community helpers, we have some curricula about autonomy, about like, for example, like what is the different name of the objects in kitchen, in bathroom, in the items of clothing, what is the function of one as well as working on the sequencing of the actions, for example, to get ready in the morning to brush the teeth or to, for example, like wash the face. And then after that, we reach to the point that we expect that the child is in an age that is like more social going to the school. And then the focus is more on the social skills than emotional skills. Like, for example, we want to help them to know about, like, for example, if they are in a situation that they go to school, they want to greet people. What are the greeting ways that they can use? How they can use them in which type of situations? What are the nonverbal important components in greeting people? As well as like, for example, when we want to start a conversation, when we want to ask for help, when we want to ask for play, how we do it, or when we are in a conversation, how we can maintain and stay on the topic, how we can listen to our, for example, conversation partner, how we can properly finish a conversation. Or for example, we have sessions about like how to deal with teasing. So for example, if you are in a situation that for example, like somebody is like saying something mean to you or something that you necessarily doesn't like, how you can respond properly. And in which situations you need to, for example, ask an adult to support you and in which situations you can just basically deal with it yourself. So the age range, if I want to summarize, is from very, very young children. So the youngest that we have is currently like two and a half, three years old, which is working on the early stage curriculum. And then the oldest that we have are, for example, like around like, for example, like 18, 19, that they are really focused on, for example, emotional ability trainings, as well as the basically more in-depth and advanced social skills as we discussed. Great. Wonderful. Thank you so much. We've put in, put the website in the chat because you guys requested that. Uh, Traven just checked to make sure that I did it right. And uh, Dr. Nazari, thank you so much for being with us and for sharing Cutie with us. He is definitely a cutie. He is absolutely he is. adorable. We thank you for taking the time to be with us. Thank you, Dr. Nazari. Thank you very much. I'm a, I am a long-term follower of uh, you, and then I really enjoy the content that you create. So for me, it's really precious to be able to be here and then discuss with it, uh, discuss about it with you. So thank you very much for having me. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. <laughs> Bye.
we're about out of time here, you guys, yeah. but we wanted to take a second to, again, wish everybody a really happy Mother's Day. Nancy and I are well aware of the fact that it's a day that comes with extra. Yeah. Um, that it's not always the, you know, the, the, the fabulous brunch that everybody depicts on television. Um, we just want to acknowledge that, acknowledge you, tell you to have a great day. We also, people wrote in and said, happy birthday, Nancy. Thank I hope you, you. saw that. Yeah. Uh, for the person who, in particular, for the person who wrote in from Zambia and said that their five-year-old is nonverbal and that they're looking for help. I really want to encourage you to go and check out uh, Cutie's website, which we put on the site for you. But in, in the meantime, um, if you have an iPad, I want to encourage you to go to the App Store. And even if it's not an iPad, if it's a, you know, just a tablet uh, or a phone, I think it works on the phone, go get Camp Discovery. Camp Discovery, it's free. Um, and it's got lessons to work on language development for, for kiddos that are acquiring language. It's free. It's, uh, it's curricula done by card. Um, it's not going to be the comprehensive thing that you just saw on QD. So I definitely want to encourage you to go check that out. But it'll be something, you know, while you're looking at that. Camp right. Discovery. So happy Mother's Day to all of you. We're Thank back next you. week. Great array of shows next week. Uh, until then, give your kiddos a hug from me. And give yourselves a hug from me. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye-bye. For now.